we're continuing our series called Courageous, which is really faith for the miraculous. How many of you believe God does miracles? And so, so far in this series, we talked about what it means to be strong and courageous and what it means is to have unwavering faith. You know, some people believe and trust in God as long as everything is going good. But whenever they start to have adversity, they they just cave in and they start getting mad at God and fussing at God. But unwavering faith presses right through the trials and tribulations, holds on, doesn't give up, and waits for the miracle from God. Amen? In Psalm 31, 24, it says, Be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. And so we talked about uh, what it means to be courageous. La uh, the, uh, the next week we talked about why we need courageous faith. In First John 5 and 4, which is where you should be, it says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. How many of you know our faith gives us the ability to experience supernatural victory? If we'll put our faith and trust in God, we'll be able to overcome things that otherwise we would not be able to. Y'all believe that this morning? Our faith gives us the ability to overcome every problem and circumstance in our life. Now, last week we talked about how we develop courageous faith. In James 1, it talks about, verse 2, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody that's a believer, their faith will be tested. And courageous faith is developed in the middle of testing. When do you develop courageous faith? When you endure the troubles of life with a good attitude and you choose to trust God right in the middle of it. But number two, you develop courageous faith by, by exposing your faith to the right environment. If, you know, if you get around a bunch of God mockers, naysayers, negative people, it's not going to boost up your faith. It's going to weaken your faith. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals, and I think it also weakens your faith, right? And the third way that you develop your faith is you got to use it. You, you build your muscle by using it. You got to use your faith. And what that means is you got to, you got to trust God. Courageous faith is more than just thinking or believing something. It's true. Courageous faith is actively believing God and trusting God to help you get through your personal situations. Amen. A lot of times, whenever you talk to people, <clears throat> excuse me, and they tell you, you know, what they're going through, you say, how are you going? Well, I'm going through this. And sometimes, you know, you feel like, man, let's go both jump off the bridge because you feel like there's no hope. But then some people, they'll tell you, man, they got problem after problem. But they, then they say, but God's going to see me through. And the faith, you feel the faith. And it just causes me to rise up with them. Are y'all with me? Now, today I want to talk about a lifestyle of courageous faith. And by the way, I was thinking about this this morning. Faith is our victory. If you want to see what faith can do for you, go read Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, and you'll see what happens when you believe and put your faith in trusting God. Faith shut the mouths of lions, quenched fire, did all these incredible things. Amen. Romans 1.17 says this, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. But the righteous man shall live by faith. 
Now, I've noticed that some people, the only time they truly walk in faith is when they experience um, some very difficult trial. Like, uh, I've noticed over the years, like, people who show up at church whenever their spouse leaves them, or they lose their job, or they get a bad doctor's report, and they show up at church, and being, you know, on this side of it as a pastor, we're seeing God do so many miracles. And we've seen God deliver people from trouble that, to be honest with you, I didn't think they were ever going to get past it. But then God proves himself once again that he can do the impossible and nothing is too hard for him. But what happens is a lot of times they, you know, they attend church, they come up to the altar for prayer and all that. They really pursue God. But then once the trial is over, you lose sight of them. They, they, where are they? And they go back to getting caught up with life and they quit trusting God. They quit living a life of courageous faith. And that's what they call foxhole Christians. A foxhole Christian only seeks and trusts God when they're in trouble. And I often want to say, man, if God can deliver you from what he's delivered you from, what do you think he can do in your life if you'll just keep serving him? If you'll keep trusting him and not just wait till you're in the trial, but trust him every day of your life. Amen. But I think it's very clear. God wants us not to be foxhole Christians, but he wants us to live by faith each and every day. The righteous shall live by faith. Live. The word live is an all-inclusive word, which means every possible realm of life. In other words, it means our walking, talking, eating. It, it means our career, our family, our recreation, our social life. You, you know, it, it's not the person that compartmentalizes their faith. They live a life of faith wherever they are at, whether Pastor Todd is around or not. Come on, I need a better amen right there. And so, in other words, God is saying, I want you to live a lifestyle of faith. The Lord wants our entire life to be characterized by strong, vigorous, unwavering, courageous faith. Amen. You know, I've often thought about this. What if a private investigator investigated our life and their whole purpose was to try to find enough evidence to convict us of living a life of courageous faith? You know, investigators, like, they'll, they'll, they'll take pictures of you when you're not watching. And they'll follow you around, see where you go with your car. And they'll get a, a zoom. And they'll zoom in. They'll even try to record you, hear what you're saying. And their whole idea is to try to get evidence to prove a point. And I often thought, what if an investigator investigating my life and your life to try to prove that we were men or women of courageous faith. The question is, could they find enough evidence to convict us? Are y'all with me? My hope and prayer is that we would all be found guilty. Oh yeah, he's guilty. She's guilty. I saw her. I see it. Oh, I heard him. I, I, he goes to that church all the time. Come on, y'all with me out there? Second Corinthians 13, five says this, examine yourselves. Don't, not your brother or sister. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. 
So how do you know if you're truly living a lifestyle of courageous faith? The Bible says we should examine ourselves. We should test ourselves, right? So I want to give you four indications that you're living a lifestyle of faith, or three rather. Number one, a person living with courageous faith actively pursues his relationship with the Lord. So the number one priority of every Christian should be to pursue your relationship with God. Not like get fire insurance. You know, can I get some of that fire insurance when I die? I don't want to burn. I want to go with Jesus. So can I get that insurance? How many of you know that's not courageous faith? Right? That's that's convenient Christianity. That's casual Christianity. I'm preaching better than you saying amen right now. Okay, so Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. To seek the Lord means to actively and intentionally pursue a relationship with God. It's not religion, it's relationship. A lifestyle of courageous faith is marked by actively pursuing a relationship with the Lord every day. So in other words, if our house was bugged, and they had a camera in our house, and they would watch our our activity for a week. What would they come up with? Or maybe you hope that ain't happening, right? <laughs> but Jesus said, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, he says, hey, gang, you need to make it a priority. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Seek first. We need to make a priority of our relationship with God. So develop a lifestyle of faith, we have to make a priority of seeking and desiring the rule and reign of Christ in our life. But listen, when you're living a lifestyle of faith, you're going to make a habit of spiritual disciplines. You know what I found? That if I just let things happen as they would, my faith doesn't grow, my faith shrinks. You know what I found about Todd Menard? Is that if I don't, if I don't discipline myself, if I don't lead myself, I will lead myself away from the faith, not into a deeper walk with Jesus. And so what's true of Todd Menard, it's probably true of you too, amen? So when you're living a lifestyle of faith, you have to make a habit of spiritual disciplines, the habit of Bible reading, the habit of prayer, the habit of church attendance and worship, the habit of serving others. It's a lifestyle. And so when somebody says, I have courageous faith, if you examine their life, you can see by their activity, by their behavior, by their lifestyle, that they are a man or woman of faith. Test yourself to see whether you're in the faith. So why does a person establish the habit of reading the Bible on a daily basis? You know why? Because their lifestyle is to trust and rely on God's instructions and wisdom to guide them through life. Why does a person establish the habit of praying and asking God for help? Because their habit is to trust and rely on God's spirit and strength and favor and blessing to get them through life. Does that make sense? Why does a person establish the habit of worship, serving others, attending church? Because they understand that a life of faith is more than lip service. Every, anybody can say, I'm a Christian. But what is that worth anymore? What does that mean anymore? Are y'all with me out there? Just because you say, are you a Christian? And they say, yeah. That doesn't mean anything anymore, gang. Right? Listen, living a life of faith requires more than offering to God our lip service. It requires a lifestyle of devotion and commitment. So listen, our daily agenda 
is a strong indicator whether we are truly living a lifestyle of faith. Our daily agenda. James 2.14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Our actions should show our faith. Verse 26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So listen, I think it's impossible to live a courageous life without actively pursuing a relationship with Jesus. Y'all agree? Can we just close in prayer and just go, just think about that for just a moment? Because see, you know, sometimes we want the deep things of God and we're bypassing the basics, which brings us to the deep things of God. Let me ask you a question. Concerning your pursuit of God on a scale of one to ten, one being weak, five being mediocrity, ten being strong, where are you in your pursuit of God? How are you doing so far as your daily pursuit of the Lord? See, this is what I've noticed by pastoring for a few years. When people go through a lot of trouble, those that have established a habit of pursuing God, they have a grace on their life to get through trials that unless you've been knowing them a long time, you would not see it or know it. You see, the time to develop courageous faith is not when we go through the fire. The time to develop courageous faith is before we get to the fire. Amen? That's the time to develop courageous faith. And so that whenever you do get in the fire, you're going to come out of that fire not even smelling the burnt, right? Amen? Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now remember the promise Jesus made. If we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us as well. So Jesus promises if we'll make a priority of seeking him, he'll provide for every natural and normal need in our life. We just got to make him a priority. Amen. A second indicator that you're living a courageous lifestyle is this. A person living with courageous faith depends on God's help in current circumstances. You know, the question is, is it normal for you to ask God for help when you're experiencing problems and challenges in your life? For many of us, it's not a normal habit. It's a last resort. It's like, well, I've done everything. I guess I'm going to have to trust God. I've, I've said that. And I hear myself saying, it's like, Todd, are you kidding me? Did you just say that? Are you a pastor? Are you even saved? Do you know Jesus? What you talking about? I guess I'll just have to, like I've ran out of other options. No, it needs to be the first option, not the last option. Come on, how many of you agree with that? Say, Todd, that's right, buddy. You need to trust God, amen? And so I encourage you, you need to trust God. See, failure to depend on God's help will leave you weary and burdened. When you trust in yourself and you trust in others, I'm telling you, you're going to get weary. You're going to get tired. You're going to get exhausted. You're going to get no, no amount of sleep is going to be enough. You're going to be so heavy. Ain't no drug, ain't no pill, ain't nothing going to help you because you can't get out from under the burden, amen? But hey, if you depend on God, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who weary and burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now Jesus points out right here in Matthew 28, 
The reason we get so weary and the reason we get so burdened down, he tells us right here, it's because we fail to bring our burdens, our cares, our problems to him. And he says, listen, if you're weary and you're burned down, if you're weary and burned down, how are you doing today? Are you weary and burned down? Some of us may be weary with financial burdens, health problems, you know, relational problems. You know, there's all kinds, emotional problems. And he's saying, listen, the Lord's invitation in Matthew 28 is that if you're burdened down, he says, come to me to offload your burdens. And by the way, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to be, I'm going to think that's a good, that is a good, uh, that's a good trade off. I bring you my problems and you give me your peace. Yes. But you know, I think sometimes we like carrying our burden. Oh, I better not go there, should I? Because if I don't carry my burden, if Kelly asks me how I'm doing, I won't have a burden. I won't, I won't have something to make him feel sorry about for me. Oh, I know. I better get out of there. Let me go on right here. But come on. How many of you know we got to bring our burdens to the Lord? Amen. Come on. We got to give them to God. Amen. Because they're going to wear us down. Living a lifestyle of faith will enhance the quality of your life every time. Amen. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, you weary burden. And I will give you rest. You know what rest means? It means to experience peace. It means to be refreshed in your soul, to be calmed in your spirit. Wow. The rest Jesus offers goes much deeper than physical rest. You know what I found? I, I personally experienced this. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm burdened down. I got a vacation coming up. I go on vacation. Man, it doesn't matter where we go. To the beach, to the mountains. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we go. I get back from vacation and I'm still weary and I'm still burdened down. You know why? Because the rest I need is not physical. The rest I need is emotional. The rest I need is a soul rest. Come on. It's rest in your souls means it's a mental rest. It's an emotional rest. It's a spiritual rest. It's all of that. Amen. And that's the kind of rest Jesus wants to give us. Isaiah 40, 30 says, even youth will become weak and tired and young men will feel an exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will find new strength. How many of you have been saved at least 10 years? Let me see your hand. Do you believe this scripture? Have you experienced this? You're tired, you're burdened down, you're weary. You get in the presence of God, you quieten everything down. You close your eyes, you get off of Facebook, you get off the phone, you get off of all that stuff. You close your eyes, you get in, your presence, in the presence of God and you ask God for help. And all of a sudden, the problem didn't change. The circumstances didn't change. But all of a sudden... You get up from that prayer time and you're ready to go bear hunting with a switch. You know why? Because the scripture is true. They that wait, they that trust in the Lord will gain new strength. Somebody here today needs to hear this. The scripture promises if you learn to trust God with every day and current burdens, he'll, he'll renew our strength. He'll give us fresh strength. He'll lighten our load and he'll make life a lot easier. How many of you think that's good news? An easier life. Amen. Let me, let me ask you a question. Where do you turn when you get tired and burdened down? Where do you turn? Is it normal for you to ask God for help or is it a last resort? Don't make it a last resort. Make it a, a habit. 
Because a man or woman of faith learns to turn to the Lord for help and relief in dealing with current situations. Current situations. You know, I think one of the biggest problems is we turn to everything else for a source of help before we turn to the Lord. We turn to drugs, we turn to alcohol, we turn to pornography, gambling, and any other form of addiction. We, we rely on people, material things. Some of us turn to some kind of obsession, TV, social media, entertainment. We're just trying to get some relief, right? Others just internalize it and they get depressed or discouraged. But none of these things can give you the soul rest that Jesus offers. A person who lives in faith depends on God to help deal with current problems and situations. Whenever I think about some of the problems that I know of that are represented right here in this room, they're, they're incredible. It makes me weepy just thinking about it. It's heavy duty things. My, my father-in-law, to say, if you don't mind, Tanya went to hear him play. He played at the, the welcome center there in Butler Rose. That man's been through a lot in the last year. But there he is sitting in a jam session playing his accordion. And I just look at that. I, I got teary-eyed. Tony showed me the video. It's like, that's the goodness of God. When you trust God, whenever you believe in God, when you put your hope in God, you're going to go through trials. Listen, God wants us to lean on him, not lean on the arm of the flesh. Turn to him. He wants to help you today. If you hear anything I say, God loves you, and he wants to help you today. Amen. The third indicator that you're living a courageous lifestyle is this. A, per a person with a courageous faith lives a life of expectancy. A life of expectancy. Listen, Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Let me give you a two-question test. We, we take him tests as pop quizzes, okay? But, but here's another one. Let me ask you a couple questions. Number one, do you believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think? Yes or no? That's good. That's good. All right, second question. Are you expecting God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think? Yes or no? You got to expect it. You can't just believe it. You gotta expect it. See, some people believe God. Oh, I believe God can do anything. Okay, let's talk about your circumstances. Oh man, I don't know if I'll ever get out of this. But wait a minute. You just told me God can do exceedingly abundantly above. Yeah, but, yeah, but this situation. Come on. It's not just good enough to believe that God can make a roadway in the wilderness, a stream in the desert. He can move mountains. He can raise the dead. It's not just good enough to believe that. We need to start expecting that. Amen. Would you mind if I just preach to myself a little bit? Come on. God is not done with us yet. Amen. Come on. God's got more in store for us, but we got to expect it. We got to believe God for it. Amen. A person with a courageous faith lives a life of expectancy. And to live a life of expectancy, I must let go of my doubt. Yes, I said that. You got to let go of your doubt, right? I mean, you know, doubt will rob your expectancy. In fact, doubt will rob you of miracles. 
it'll rob you of God moving in your life. You got to let go of it. How about we let the size of God determine the size of our dreams and not the size of our problems? Oh, Todd, I know God can do great things, but come on. How about we just get rid of it? And if we're going to think about anything that has but in it, let's say, but God. But God can hey, do all things. Amen. James 1, 6 says, anyone who doubts is like a wave in the sea blown up and down by the wind. Verse 7 says, they should not think they will receive anything from the Lord. So I want to encourage you to begin doubting your doubts and start believing your beliefs. Amen. Whenever you hear yourself think, I don't know if God don't, no, no, no. Don't let that occupy your mind. Come on. I'm going to change your stinking thinking and say, oh, no, 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 God is. See, it helps me just to say this from the pulpit, right? Confession is good, isn't it? God can. God will. Amen. Come on. Would you say that with me? God can. God will do all things for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Doesn't that feel good? See, to live a life of expectancy, I must stand on the promises. I got to stand on the promises. It's like, where they are, I must stand on them. They're in the Bible. They're in the book. Second, Second Corinthians one twenty. For in him, every one of God's promises is yes. For this reason is through him that we say the amen. I mean, you know, all God's promises are yes and amen, right? All God's promises are yes and amen. But Todd, I, I believe God and it didn't. Well, okay. So you're going to throw out God's promises because you believed and it didn't? You're going to quit believing? I mean, you ate a meal and you got hungry. You're going to quit eating because it didn't fill you up for the rest of your life? Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on. We don't quit eating because that one meal didn't work. We keep believing. Come on, how about we keep believing and throw out our doubts and stand on the promises of God? Listen, I'm trying to preach the best that I can today. I'm hoping to stir up faith in you because I know God's got miracles in store for you. Amen. But how about we stand on his promises and believe God for great things? Amen. God promises me strength. So stand on it, right? What does, what does, um, Joshua 1 5 says, no one, this is God's promise to Joshua. He said, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God says, he's going to be with me. He's going to give me strength. He's not going to abandon me when I'm going through the darkest time of my life, when the devil is whispering in my ear, God doesn't even love you. He doesn't care about you. He's not even for you. That's the devil telling me that. God is the one that sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross, shed his innocent blood, and give us all so that I could live an abundant life. That's the God that I serve. Not the God that is against me, but the God that is for me. And he promises me he's going to give me strength. And can I tell you something? God promises you he'll give you strength. It's not that you're going to go through life without problems and without hardship, but God promises he's going to give you grace to get through your problems and your hardship. Quit listening to the wrong voice. Listen to the voice of God and know that God said, I'm going to give you strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. Amen. God promises me success. 
So I need to stand on that, right? Joshua 1, 7, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. God wants me to be successful. God wants Todd Menard to be successful. He doesn't want me to be a failure. He wants me to be successful. And the same God that I serve, you serve. And I want you to know, God wants you to be successful. Now, I didn't say God wants you to win the billion-dollar lottery. I did not say that. But I did say that God wants you to be successful. He wants you to live an abundant life. He wants you to be able to overcome in life. He doesn't want you to feel like you're the reject in life. He wants you to feel like you're the most precious person on the globe because that's how he sees you. Amen? God wants you to be successful. So you need to start believing that in your spirit, that it doesn't matter what grandma said. It doesn't matter what the teacher said. It doesn't matter what your ex said. It doesn't matter what your neighbor said or your, or your friend said. God said, you are going to be successful. Now, who are you going to believe? Your grandma? You're going to believe your teacher? You're going to believe the bully at school? Or are you going to believe the word of God? God said, I will make you successful successful wherever you go. Amen. I think I'm going to believe the Lord. It's, it's easier. I'm going to believe the Lord. What about you? Are you going to believe the Lord to be successful? See, I think a lot of times we've been hearing a message contrary to the promises of God, and we've learned to listen to those voices that are not the voice of God. And even while I'm preaching to you right now, it's hard for your spirit to even receive what I'm saying because I'm going up against a stronghold of belief that says, oh, no, you know, I'm the least in my family. You, you don't know what I've been through. I mean, Todd has been that way all my life. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't want to say I don't care because I do care. But it doesn't matter what our last 50 years has been. We should never stop believing God for a better tomorrow. Amen. You know what? It pleases God for us to live in faith. It pleases God for us to trust Him. And what is Christianity? It's trusting God. It's believing in God. So we gotta put, we gotta put faith back in our Christianity and start believing God for some amazing things to happen in our life. Are y'all with me out there? And listen again, you know, naturally it's easy for us to just lose hope, get doubt, get doubtful and you know, believe the voice of the of those around us. But can I encourage you today? Let's stand on the promises of God. And let's believe God. God promises me support, so let's stand on it. In Joshua 1 9, it says, Haven't I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, wherever you go. Learn to stretch your faith. Stand on his promises and expect God to do impossible things in your life. Amen? Y'all receive this word this morning? Well, if you do, why don't you stand with me? And even if you don't, stand with me, would you? Amen. Now, how many of you know the Bible is good news? God has great news for us today. The gospel is good news. God gave us all so that we could live a life of abundance. 
Not that our bank account would be overloaded. Although, when you trust God, your finances will do better. Amen? Most people, the, the problem of poverty is not a problem of, of economic place. It's a problem of thinking. And that's why people that can get a million dollars will lose it all in a matter of time. Because they, they're, they're, they're stronghold. You gotta have, you gotta have the guidance of the Lord. You have to have the grace of God. You have the, you have to have the, the presence of God. When God says, I'm gonna give you success, He's talking about wherever you at right now, I'm gonna give you success. Whatever you're dealing with right now, you could be a teenager about to go into high school and afraid of what the next season, God said, I'm gonna be with you when you go there. Some of you, maybe you're single and trusting God. So maybe for one day get out of that season, trust God while you're there. Come on, some of you right now, your finances might be just going crazy. Come on, let's trust God while we're there. Come on, some of you, maybe your relationship, your marriage, or your relationship with your family is not where it needs to be. Come on, how about we just trust God? How about we believe God that He'll give us success wherever we're at and wherever we go? Can we count on Him, gang? Can we trust Him? Can we rely on Him? Is there anybody better to rely on? Is there anybody better to trust? No, he's the, he's the rock of our salvation. Come on, he's the hope of our life. Come on, he's the one that we can put our confidence in. Man is going to fail you. People are going to fail you. People will turn back on, turn their back on you. But God is going to be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Amen. And amen. Do me a favor and just close your eyes right now. A lifestyle of faith is a lifestyle that puts God into their daily agenda. If you've left that slip in your life, I want to encourage you. Come on, you got to feed your faith. You got to put your faith in the right environment. The best environment is in the presence of God, in the Word of God. You don't have to do that to go to heaven. But if you want to overcome in life, you got to feed your faith. You gotta strengthen your faith. Because faith is the victory. Faith is what quenched the quenched the fire, shut the mouths of lines, parted the Red Sea. It's faith that gives us the victory. So we need to feed our faith. We need to feed our trust and belief in the Lord. Come on, a lifestyle of faith is the ones that depend on God and their present circumstances. Come on, I don't know where what you're going through, but I want you to know that God knows what you're going through. And he wants to be with you. So just do me a favor right now. Just turn those burdens over to the Lord. Give those situations to the Lord right now in your heart. Come on, just surrender them. Just, just you know, as an outward, an outward expression of that, maybe just put your hands out in the front of you like this and just say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my fears. I give you my disappointments. I give you my discouragement. I give you, I give it all to you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. Come on, some of you maybe right now, even against the odds of what you're thinking in your spirit, even right now where, where you might not be, you might be struggling to just even say, Lord, I trust you. Come on, just do it. Come on, just take a step of faith. Come on, who are you going to 
to turn to? Where are you going to turn to? There's none like our God. There's none like our Lord. Come on, He's here today and He wants to help us today. Come on, just put your faith and your trust in Him. Father God, I pray for every every person here today. Lord, those that are surrendering their life, surrendering their problems, their circumstances to You. Lord, I pray, Father, give them supernatural grace, supernatural strength. Lord, I know they won't be disappointed that they're, li- they're relying on You, that they're leaning on You. Thank You, God, that right now, even as I pray, something is happening in the hearts of Your people today. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, my Lord. Come on, just take the time. Take a deep breath. Come on. Some of you have been carrying that thing. You've been carrying it around. You've been carrying the weight of the world. Come on, just take a moment right now to just say, man, I don't want to go back home with this. I want to leave this at at the church. I want to leave it with the Lord. I want to leave it at the altar today. Thank you, Father God, for your grace right now. Oh, come to me if you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now listen, the very last thing, living a life of expectancy is living with hope for eternal life. Let me ask you a question. Where do you expect to spend your eternity when you die? When you finally breathe your last? I tell you, I expect to spend eternity with Jesus. I expect to live eternally with the Lord in heaven. Not because I deserve it, not because I'm somebody special. It's just the opposite. I don't deserve it and I'm not that special. It's because of Him. It's because of His grace. John 3.16 says, God loved the people of this world so much that He gave His Son, His only Son, that everyone who has faith in Him will have eternal life and never really die. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never asked Him to forgive you for your sins, repent it and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm ready to live my life for you. I want to pray for you today. Today's your day. Just if you, if you want me to pray with you to receive Christ, just lift your hand and I want to pray for you. I see your hand back here. I see your hand back here. Just hold it up. Just hold it up. I want to pray for you right back here, right here, ma'am, right here, ma'am. I see your hand right over here. I see your hand. Just hold your hand up. This is important because you're taking, it's your choice. I'm letting go of my doubts and I'm putting my faith in the Lord. That's your choice. All right. Those of you that have your hands raised, I see your hand. I see your hand, sir. Come on. Let's pray this prayer. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn from my evil ways, from my rebellious ways, and I turn to you. Lord Jesus, I have faith that you will forgive me as I ask you. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me, washing me, and granting me eternal life. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen and amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God just one good. He's our rock. He's our hope. He's our anchor. We can trust Him, amen. 
Now, those of you that pray that prayer, there's a card in the pew that says, uh, I made a decision. If you'll take the time to fill that out, we won't harass you, but we want to pray for you. If you'll bring it to the re- to the lobby and uh, we have a gift for you, a Bible, if you need one, congratulations. The greatest decision you could ever make. Man, I'm glad I'm a Christian. What about you? Man, I'm glad I'm serving Jesus. What about you? Amen. Well, God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day. God bless.